0: Ringscoops.com For over 20 years, the revolutionary force in online professional wrestling media. This is Ringscoops Now. Whoa, another week in the world of professional wrestling... Started off like fucking John Travolta over here, like wow, uh, the world and the and the wrestling is is a uh, wowza. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ring Scoops. Now I am that Ring Scoops guy, joined with all, Mac. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> that sounded more kind of like uh, Christopher Walken a little bit more.
0: <laughs> Christopher Walken.
1: <laughs> yeah. It did.
0: Hey, uh, Yo. you know you got your you got my man all wrong. Uh, you come after him again and like that, I have to stab you in the face with a soldering iron.
1: Yeah, and that's how that's that's how we start the show. Good night, everybody.
0: And we'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen, here at the uh, at the Pantages, <laughs> the
1: Pantages Theater. Yeah, that's what we film live on location at mm. the 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 Pantages Theater. Yep, yep. We're on the second second level.
0: We got a residency here residency
1: for five years
0: yeah that's that's longer than than britney spears lasted in las vegas crazy bitch
1: (sighs) and that is our show no that's that's (laughs) how we get started but hey i hope everybody's doing good i hope everybody had a prosperous week i hope everybody's not dealing with crazy uh, relationship problems like i am oh man and uh yeah, I'm not going to get into that because you know she may actually stalk me and, and listen to this shit. I don't ever underestimate. Never underestimate a woman. Yeah. Never. that's true. That is that's of So much. You know, but yeah,
0: you, uh, when you starting off with that saying, "never underestimate," reminded me of one <laughs> of my favorite characters on television. We had a discussion weeks ago about this. A so surprise the crap out of you. Damon Wayne's on a Living Color. Remember, he was handyman. He'd always been. Never underestimate the power of the handicap. Yes. Yeah, and he had a little midget woman with him. <laughs> that was some good stuff. I missed that shit, dude. Let me tell you this real quick. You know, before we jump into some wrestling topics here, when I was uh-huh. in third grade, man, I was ah, oh, man, I can't remember how old I was, but um, third mm-hmm. gr- third grade, and I got in trouble so bad because. One day after school I'm out in front of the school waiting for my mom to come pick me up and there was this girl that was sitting there waiting for her parents to come too and uh it was me and my friend and we were we were assholes I mean who is not an asshole when you're in 3rd grade right you a degenerate and right. because of something that I saw on in living color where they were, they were. It was a skit they had done the night before. They were making fun of uh, Baywatch, and so mm-hmm. there were, there was, it was. Jamie Foxx, and he was running slow motion on the beach, running up to the, some chick, and she's running up to him <laughs> in slow motion. And then right when they get to each other, he pie faces her, shoves her, and goes, "Move out the way, bitch!" And then he runs off. And so I would do that. I would run up to this little girl. <laughs> And like, I wouldn't push her or anything, but I'd run up and be like, move out the way, bitch. And then I'd run past her. And so my uh-huh. mom came to pick me up, and the little girl told my mom what I was doing. Oh, my God. I got uh-huh. my ass chewed out and beat so bad that night, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I never did nothing like I that again. In, but
1: <laughs> I would get in trouble for the, the – would you get in trouble for the DX crotch chop? I would. Dude, I got kicked out of a library once for doing that. Yeah, like I, I would get in trouble for for the uh, DX. Like one, what made me stop doing it is my mom made me do it for my aunt. <laughs> oh God, what? She was like, "Go ahead and do the do the thing that you do all the time." I'm like, no, I don't nope, Go ahead and do it. Because you, you do it all, the, and I was like, oh, and then I did, and she went, oh, don't ever do, now that just felt like freaking, felt <laughs> like two cents, <laughs> two Canadian nickels, Is what it felt like.
0: Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got kicked out of a library once, because my buddy Jesus and I in high school, freshman year of high school, we saw this one girl that we had a couple classes with and she was studying. And we would just follow her around the library and we would just like, you know, sneak around one of the bookshelves and just start doing the crotch chop until the librarian saw us doing it and they kicked us out. So when we were uh, we were getting our bikes off the bike rack outside, there was a little window that would go to the basement of the library and we saw her sitting down there. So of course, you know, Jesus goes up there and he kicks the fucking window and she looks up course there we go suck it you know and she's just like oh motherfucker yeah the next day at school we heard a lot from people about that shit and they were like what the hell are you doing stalking people at the library pointing at your dick and we're like you guys just don't get it it's it's a wrestling thing
1: right because it was funny because wrestling back then um was one of the things that a lot of people said that they didn't watch but they they watched
0: yeah it's like power Rangers.
1: So they were Right, right. So they would say, oh, well, um, I know Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Like, it was so many times, like, women back in the day, like, grown women, like, you ask them a question. And I wouldn't ask them because I was a kid. But, you know, they would – I would see other people ask women. And they'd be like, well, do you watch wrestling? I don't watch wrestling, but I know who The Rock is. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's, just, um, it's just it's just – it's just – funny the narrative of of where wrestling is today because wrestling is not really seen i really think and and you tell me your thoughts on this because this is kind of an interesting debate okay do you do you think that pro gaming is more popular professional wrestling
0: pro gaming
1: pro gaming yeah
0: i'd say so yeah, because uh, case in point, um, this past New Year's Eve, um, I was in a, a Discord call with Blade and Da, and we were watching stuff on Twitch, and there was a guy. He's on Mixer now. His name is Ninja, and he was doing some stuff at Times right. Square, and he had he had like three or four million people watching him, and that was that's double Raw's audience. Just watching one guy.
1: Play in Times Square, that's crazy, yeah,
0: play fortnite of all games too, which is like the ultimate game for mouth breathers, which I'm probably gonna get like you know torn apart for saying that, but it's just my opinion
1: yeah that's that's amazing, yeah, yeah I mean I, and 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 the thing is is that I think professional gaming has more respect for people who watch it based off of it being seen and perceived as a sport. Like, they had that Fortnite tournament, and how much money was it they gave away? $10 million?
0: I don't know the exact amount, but it wouldn't shock me if it was that much. And I know, like, League of Legends is, is huge, too. I mean, maybe not as much as it was, like, a year or two ago, but it's still a big, big thing.
1: I, th- I think
0: the Fortnite and, and League of Legends, games like that are bigger than Madden now. Remember, Madden used to be, like, the thing, man. Yeah. 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 I...
1: Yeah, I just think that um, all of these video game companies, including you know the developer of WWE um, 2K20, um, you just kind of are used to the complaints of your base. So when you have games that come out like that over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. then they just know what to change in the community. Because I see a lot of people say, oh, well, we heard the community say that they dislike this particular thing or that particular thing. So we changed it because the community said it. But then you have games that are like Red Dead Redemption or the Grand Theft Auto series, you know, games that are that are like for everybody. There's not a community for it, even though, I, I mean, there's a community for it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a small, hardcore fan-based community for wrestling games. Very rarely would you see somebody that doesn't watch wrestling buy a wrestling game. Yeah. But somebody may check out the Red Dead Redemption or the Grand Theft Auto games because they saw a commercial and it looks interesting. Mm -hmm. So those type of games, they'll put more work into it because they're focusing on the broad stroke of getting everybody interested in compared to just a minor stroke of, you know, let's just make sure that Shinsuke does enough shakes before he comes out because the hundred thousand people in the chat room would be pissed off if we didn't do that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, games like WWE, uh, Madden, uh, MLB, the show NBA, um, the PGA games. I mean, those are very niche games. Whereas like, a you know, like you don't have to be into Westerns to get into Red Dead Redemption. Um you don't have right. to you don't have to be into like the underground or mobster stuff or gangster life and all that stuff to be into GTA. Like those are very right. generalized big open world games.
1: Yeah, they are, and then they I just feel like because they're you know doing such a broad stroke of, you know, speaking of, and this is kind of off topic. You said Mobster games. I'm very surprised that they haven't had a um mobster based GTA game. Oh yeah. Like I guess you can argue the what was that GTA where um oh man. I'm trying to think what GTA that was. Maybe it was like when GTA very first got popular. I forget the name of that one or what it was about. It was one GTA where a guy never talked. Oh, uh, GTA three. And that was based in Liberty city, right? That was the first Liberty city one.
0: I believe so. Yeah. Because the next one after that was vice city.
1: Right. So that one had a lot of like mobsters, Italian, you know, because I think one of the missions was like, you had to sneak into somebody's car, set a car bomb, wait for them to get in the car, and then set it off. Yeah. So I, it, you know, it'd be dope if they had something. I really know, the, like the
0: the Godfather games that came out years ago. Were good too.
1: Yeah, I love the Godfather. Yeah. Um, f- as you know, the favorite. May actually watch it tonight because the one thing I like about the Godfather is that he was, like, he just, I guess for me, what was dope is, like, he always kept his composure no matter what. Mm -hmm. And he put a plan together, so by the end of, like, the first two Godfather movies, not the third one, a lot of people don't talk about the third one, but by the end of the first two Godfather movies, like, when it's going off, it's like, you see, like, dude is, like, was, like, at a funeral and, like, all of his business was being taken care of family business being taken care of they just give him a whisper saying okay it's done and he just shakes his head okay cool that's the power of a team that's the power of anyway i'm going to... this is going to be a totally different show but the whole thing the original question is you know do you think that gaming is better or, or more popular, I should say. Professional gaming is more popular than wrestling. I uh, agree with you. I think it's more popular. I really yeah, do.
0: Absolutely. I mean, they're building esports arenas all over the place. Luxor has one. They got they got one out there in uh, a couple of them out there in Hollywood now.
1: Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Great minds think alike that, uh, you know, not only does the Luxor have it, but like on the side of the pyramid of the Luxor, it's a big mm-hmm. banner. Mm hmm. That promotes that it's an esports arena inside of.
0: I was Luxor. there in, in February.
1: And what's crazy, I never actually I've seen it, but I never actually toured it. I don't know if you went inside and toured it.
0: Yeah, no, I went inside. Um, my mom and I, we, we were invited for a Super Bowl viewing party that they were having inside the esports arena, and uh, you know, we we didn't really have a good time. But as far as like the the place itself, the facility. It's very, very nice inside there, um, The where they got all the PC stations set up. Uh, there's a lot of room around there, easy to, it, especially for a guy like me in a wheelchair to get around inside there, you know, so just imagine people that were, you know, able-bodied, people able to walk around, very spacious place inside there. Um, the Inside of one little hallway is kind of cool, too, because they got a little TV set up on the wall. With old school consoles. Like they got an NES set up. A Sega set up. They've got the NES Classic. They've got a Nintendo Wii set up. A Switch. Like all that cool stuff. So it's more than just PC gaming inside there. They actually cater to some console stuff as well. And then you you can pay per hour. You can get a two hour block. A four hour block. Or you can get like a 24 hour block for. I think the 24 hour block was like 30 bucks. Which is not bad.
1: Well i I guess for me the the thing would be like what's crazy to me is like is this if I have a fourteen year old kid like can I bring him in there or is this like twenty one and up because that from what I saw there there were bars and stuff in this
0: yeah you yeah kids are allowed in there, kids are definitely allowed in inside of that one in the Luxor um Obviously, like you have to show your ID when you get drinks and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's just like any other place, but uh, you know, the kids I, I saw a bunch of kids in there playing games. Um, you know what I thought was really cool though, too, uh, is they got a little area set aside. There's like two little areas set aside where if you want to stream on Twitch. They have cameras and all that stuff set up in a gamer chair, and you can sit there and you can log in and you can stream onto your Twitch channel from the esports arena.
1: That's really cool. It's it, really cool.
0: It, it is. I would. I would love next time I'm in Vegas, which will probably be in a couple weeks. I'd love to swing by Luxor and get like a two hour block and and play some League of Legends or something like that, and just like stream onto the Twitch channel. Because you get you got to think if they're doing something like that, their PCs have got to be like For top sure. of the line, man. I mean, they got to make sure there's no lag because, you know, a lot of these people that, that play like hardcore gaming. I mean, I don't want to sound like an asshole I'm about to say, but I mean, you know, a lot of them, they, they're they not right in the head. They're, they don't have a lot of patience. So if something doesn't go their way, they're, they're going to break something. So, you know, they got to have their shit top of the line. There's not going to be any lag. There's not going to be like any hiccups or not like that with the games. You know, that stuff's going to be like amazing to play on.
1: I, I agree with that. I think that they would, you know, have the top of the line. I think they would do things to uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they put some type of, uh, you know, code or watermark on or, or at least put in view that this is where you were streaming from. They, they They definitely had to do something so that people know that, hey, look, you can come here and do this, too. Because that's very good advertising for them. It's free advertising for them. Just imagine that Ninja guy came and did that there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if if Ninja was in there doing that, there'd be be no room for anybody. The the whole place, like even outside of it, there'd be so many people just standing around. Because the way they got that set up is like right by the entrance to go in, right next to that door, is that area. So people on the outside of the esports arena can look into whoever's streaming. They could actually see what they're doing. Oh, so, wow. so you don't even have to be inside to see them stream. You can just stand outside next to a slot machine and, and watch whatever they're doing inside that little room.
1: Which I, I like that because a,
0: that yeah. makes it where nobody's going to go in there and, like, fuck on camp, you know? like Instead of going on Twitch, you go on Chatterbait, you know? Like, <laughs> live from the eSports arena. It's fucking time.
1: <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it's a great, like, that's a great tool and, 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 To relate this back to wrestling um is online gaming for wrestling as somebody that used to play online gaming all the time and you might still do uh for for the wwe game is it as fun as it used to be playing somebody online
0: i haven't wrestling games i haven't played anybody online in a long time um very, online play for me with these kind of games isn't as important as it used to be um mm-hmm. because like I, I don't know like i i'm a i'm a rare breed especially when it comes to like wrestling games um i don't get the games for a lot of reasons that other people get them for i get them more for like selfish personal marketing kind of reasons i get them because i do slam a jam so if there's anything right. in there that can make slam a jam like fun to do i'm definitely going to get the game Mm -hmm. uh online play like i remember we did we did the venue caw um back in 2006 when they had online play with svr 2006 and that was fun because all of us got together on the forums and we had our characters we had the roster we'd get together certain guys would be designated as as the the, you know the, the recorder the streamer um if mm-hmm. so, if if two guys were in a match, they didn't have a capture card. Thankfully, the game had special guest referee mode, which I think the games need today. Because then we would put in whoever had a capture card. We, they would put them in as the referee so they can record the match online. Because otherwise, it would just be a dark match. You can only just hear about it who won, right? Yeah. It was more fun that way. Um, I don't really interact with uh, that many people online as I did 10, 15 years ago. I'm more of I'm, I'm like a hermit nowadays when it comes to that kind of shit. The only people I play games online with is like uh, I mean you and I we used to play online we haven't played online in, in a while um, yeah. D, Da recently got a, a a gaming laptop we played GTA once in a great while but it's been months since we played that together though uh, same with blade <laughs> and I think the the biggest problem with that is is like blade does a lot of PC gaming da. I wouldn't say he does a lot of PC gaming, but is primarily on PC because he doesn't have consoles. I know Blade's oh. got a PS4 and a PC, but he's a PC guy. Um, I got the oh. Xbox one and Nintendo switch. So it's also more than just, you know, people that I talk to and play games with, but it's more of like a clash of like incompatibility of like, well, they've got that to play on and I've got this to play on And that's different.
1: It's a whole different right. world. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that I, I remember, I don't know if they still do this. Maybe they do. I remember the biggest thing back in the day, I don't know if it was that particular game, but the, on the SmackDown versus Raw series was where you can create your own belt. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can defend your belt online. And if you lose your title, then that person like basically will take you know, the, the championship belt away from you would be off of your system. Yeah. And it would be given to the. I thought that was really dope. And I really liked the idea that they had at the time where, like, the more that you defend your title, the more prestigious it is.
0: Yeah, that was SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. And, and, and trust me, um, I had a lot of headaches about that feature. I, I loved the feature, don't get me wrong. But because we were doing venue CAW... There was one person in particular and when I bring his name up you're, you I know you're going to be like ah this fucking guy but he won the championship and he decided cuz it was a rule in AW don't defend this title online unless one of us is taping it or if it's part, somebody that's part of our roster right because yeah. it's, tru- it's trustworthy at that point cuz if you beat it with some random dude they're going to take the belt we're never going to see it again you have to remake it again all that stuff it's, it's a headache The KJ Kyle Johnson won the venue CW championship and he decided he wanted to defend it one night and he lost it. Luckily, he found who beat him and he played them again and he won the belt back. But, dude, when he broke that news on the forums that night, I almost banned him, dude. I almost told him, go fuck yourself, dude.
1: That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I know people will listen to this are like, you are going to fucking end a friendship over a video game. In 2006, yeah. Today, yeah, a whole different know. whole different thing. But
1: yeah. yeah, because like out here in these internet streets, it's not like how it was back then in the IWC. That's what we used to call it a lot. I don't know what they call it now, but... Um, they call it wrestling you know, Twitter now. <laughs> yeah, but, but back then, it was like you had to interact with people like not <laughs> no tweets not no quick messages oh you suck it wasn't like that it was like it wasn't real time you would have you would have full-blown debates on a forum people would go back and forth paragraphs back and forth on with each other yeah it wasn't it wasn't like oh i don't feel like talking to you i just blocked him there was no blocking like you had to like talk Mm. And especially if you were a personality, you had a show. Somebody came after you, you had to say something about that person.
0: Oh, yeah. So. And we've had so to deal with that many different. times.
1: Yeah, it just, it's just was a different time, man. This was a different time, but, uh. I know you have a couple of topics. I know we, I, I we kind of ranted there a little bit, but I know you have a couple of topics.
0: Hey, it's um, all good, man. We, we brought it back around over to wrestling and everything. And it's funny that you mentioned, though, about, just real quick about the message boards and social media and all that stuff is um, a couple of years back when I was taking a uh, media and culture class when I was studying for my, my BA, um, I wrote a paper uh, for that class about how social media has changed the dynamics of of the way people communicate nowadays, that that we're in an impulse emotional communication culture as opposed to a uh, I'm going to take time out, logically think about how to respond to things kind of culture. And uh, I use social media in real time versus message boards, and I'll read it when I get around to it. And I'll send you right. a link when we're done with this because I would love to hear your thoughts on on, the, on that article. It was actually it was widely received because after I post after I p- submitted it to the class uh, and I got my grade on it, I decided to post it on Ring Scoops as an article, and I, I got a lot of great positive response about it. Actually,
1: yeah, I'll definitely read it.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, like you were saying, uh, we're gonna jump. Deep into some wrestling topics here. Uh, Just real quick, something big that happened today. Um, All Elite Wrestling has sold out its October 16th Philadelphia TNT television tapings in under 30 minutes. PW Insider has confirmed. And as of 2.08 p.m. Eastern Time, AEW has now also sold out their October 9th Boston TV tapings. So their first three TV tapings have officially been sold out. What are your thoughts on that? Um,
1: well, how can I say this? First of all, this is my first time hearing that they sold out. So congratulations on selling out, Uh, being able to be a wrestling promotion that sells out basically every event that you do. uh, That's a very good thing. So I give them props on being able to appeal to their fan base and selling out arenas. That's great. The problem that I've had, and I spoke to you about this off the air many, many times, the problem that I have with them and the way that they're formulating their company is that we're formulating the company as if this is an indie promotion. Indie promotions advertise all of their shows as a single standing show months and months ahead of time. When you have a TV show, You have to have an element of surprise and the cliffhanger, something that brings you back to want to watch that show all over again the next week and see what the new development is because you were left, quote unquote, hanging the week before. So I don't like the fact that we're just giving away all of these matches that we're having. The show is is a two hour show. So there's really not a lot of room for surprises. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know what the main is. I just want to be able to just tune in and be surprised. Um, I, It would be interesting to see if they announce more dates after these three sellouts. Because I would. Because this is a good trend that they're doing right now in terms of announcing the dates. Because you better hope and pray that these first three tapings... Or television tapings, or what, or, 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 it's going to be a live show, right? Yeah. Okay, well, let me not say tapings. These first three live events that you have, you better hope that it doesn't suck. Because if it sucks, or something happens, or is lackluster, or they don't like the way that it looks, or the direction, or, you know, something that really pisses off your core fan base, if that happens, then no one's going to go to your other shows. So you got to have an element of surprise. Like, you know, WWE for a long time, they were promoting, you never know what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And it's the truth. And it's the truth. You really don't know what's going to happen. Like we had a, a well, we'll get to that later, but we had a gem of a match and, and Cedric Alexander and, and Drew McIntyre. They had a great, great match with each other. Well, we didn't know that they were going to have such a great match with each other. But if you tuned in Raw... And you watched it, it was a surprise for you. Oh, yeah. So it's just just some things you just have to have an element of surprise on and start thinking from the aspect of we are a television program. Mm -hmm. We have to have things that attract people to our TV.
0: More than just name value, but something that goes along with a story that has some continuity to it that's a compelling story to get people emotionally invested in it. I mean, it's one thing to you put together a, a match and you say, all right, in four months, this match is going down. And you're like, oh, those guys can go in the ring. It's going to be a phenomenal match. All right, cool, you got that in the back of your head, but show me something week to week that's going to help me get more hyped up every single
1: week. Right? Right. And don't you think that it would be... um, like Let's say... Something happens the first week, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. You would think that that would boil over to the second week. And let's say something happened the second week. You would think it would boil over to the third week. Well, you're giving away your matches as to what's going to happen. What's your main events? Yeah. So what are you actually building up and towards? That's what I don't understand. We know that the you know, the, the young bucks are facing with the partying people or whatever their names are. I'm I'm sorry, I don't I'm not an indie guy, so I don't know everybody's names, but the party party central, whoever they are. The two two black guys, they're very athletic, very talented, um and they're gonna be, I think, wrestling of the Young Bucks on their Boston show. Okay, so let's say they got into uh an altercation with somebody like the like, just using names like the the um the Lucha Brothers on the first episode. Okay, well, we'll we know that that's not going to be resolved by the second episode, or what's going to happen on the second episode because they're already booked for another match. Yeah. So I just I don't know how they're going to do TV. I just think these first three shows are going to be a series of just matches. And that's great if that's the direction you want to go, but you're not going to grow as a company if you... And I have a question for you. Mm. We had talked about this on a show prior. How do you feel, since we're getting closer and closer and closer to AEW's pay-per-view and their premiere on TV, how do you feel personally about, number one, the momentum that AEW has right now and number two, do you feel that their fan base is growing and or dwindling?
0: Um, for me personally, I, I'm, I'm indifferent. Um, I'm not excited for anything, but it's not like I don't care. I keep tabs on what's going on, but I'm not their their core target audience. Um, and it's been right. made very clear to me that I'm not going to be catered to, um, which I'm fine with that. That's cool. That's, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend, if you're not going to spend, um, time to try to draw me in, then I'm not going to mm-hmm. set aside time or move things around on my schedule to watch your product, Cody. Uh, so, you know, it's give and take bro. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'm indifferent about it. Um, whatever happens, happens. Let's go with the flow, kind of shit with AEW. For me, I'm not trying to bash any anything that they're doing or anything like that. With what I'm saying, I'm not trying to bash Cody at all. I'm just saying how I am about it. I mean, you just asked me straight up, what are my feelings on it? That's that's my feelings on it. Um, as far as well, do, you- do, I, do I think the their fan base is growing or dwindling? Um
1: Yes, yes.
0: I I personally don't see as much talk about it on my Twitter timeline as there used to be. Not to say mm-hmm. that it may be dwindling or anything like that, but as far as the people that I follow on Twitter, there's not as much talk about it. So that's that's my answer
1: to that one. Um, me personally, I think that, uh, they're stagnant right now. Uh, maybe the conversation will pick up again when they have this Mm pay-per-view. Um, very interesting. I don't know if you heard this or not, but Cody Rhodes did an interview, I guess, with somebody and he said that we've only introduced 40% of the roster. Wow forty percent
0: so they're gonna have a WCW size roster because they got a good size roster now
1: they have so many people they just introduced the the uh, maybe a week or so ago that they signed orange Cassidy to a, to a deal um I don't even know who that is officially um orange Cassidy is a guy that he's too cool for school I guess you can say. Well, did you see the AEW Battle Royal that they had on their first pay-per-view? Uh,
0: yeah, but I don't remember anything about it, really.
1: Okay, though, there was a spot with this guy and Tommy Dreamer where he was, like, throwing shots, and the crowd was like, Oh! But he wasn't really throwing heavy shots. He had his hands in his pocket and glasses on.
0: Yeah, and no, I don't remember that at all.
1: Well, his gimmick is basically, like... He's super slow motion. he's just so cool that you know he's too cool for school. that's his gimmick, basically. Okay. It's a comedy act. It's a comedy act basically uh, It's not really yeah, it's nothing serious. it was a comedy act. yeah um yeah, they just announced that he he signed um forty dude, I don't even know who your whole roster is now
0: <laughs>
1: right so i don't know who this extra uh how much percentage is left what 60% mm-hmm. i don't i don't know who i don't i don't know who <laughs> who else you guys are going to bring in um you guys have a, a lot that you have to handle and deal with right now so maybe i, I don't know That's that's a big number to to say that I don't know how true that is either because, you know, WWE has been on a hiring spree. Yeah. To just hire people. I read an article today that they're looking to sign people that they're, they're not even really interested in. Really? Just to lock them up in a contract. Yeah. It's to lock them up in a contract so they don't sign with AEW, which again is a chess move, not a checkers move. Mm-hmm. Because that's what won the Monday Night Wars. Yeah that's what wanted when talent jumped it was the same talent that Vince had on his program that jumped to their program and this is what made their program popular
0: can't really uh blame them on that I mean WWE and Vincent Mann have been have been through this before aew hasn't Cody hasn't gold dust has but uh, Cody hasn't the bucks haven't Kenny definitely hasn't Jericho has so the advantage for for this definitely goes to Vince
1: well what's funny is you know people say Jericho has but I don't think Jericho has been at one of the leading people at the, the forefront of the battle
0: no but what I meant that he's been part of it is he was he was in the trenches he he was in the Monday Night War. He was in w, He was on Nitro, and then when WWE was at the top of their game, he had jumped over to them because WCW dropped the well, ball with him. He was just there at the time. That's, well, I that's guess, what I meant.
1: Well, no, I I agree. I, I know that you weren't you know painting that picture. I'm just saying yeah. that I, the picture I'm painting now is that Jericho is going to go around and tell people, "Oh, I was there. I know what it takes." Because he's even even made that comment before about he knows what it takes for live TV. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, me me and Ambrose knows what it takes for live TV. Right? Mm -hmm. But, the thing is, is Jericho... Was Jericho, for a consistent basis, was he ever the man? Uh, WCW, he wasn't.
0: No, definitely not. For sure. No.
1: But, like, for a consistent basis, was he ever the man? No, No. Was he ever, like, for... Yeah, so... It's kind of hard for me. I mean, yeah, you have experience with TV. You have experience being in the main event slot and stuff like that. But now you're going to have to be one of the guys that are the pillars of this company as the company's being built. And I just don't know if he can do that. He's not in the shape he used to be. He's not the age he used to be. Like I saw him um, at the last event that they had and he came out and he just looked like a mess, like a drunken mess. So I just don't know if you're the person that could be able to be the pillar for this company. They, 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 you know, who they need they need a John Cena of their company, and I just don't know who that person is.
0: Yeah, and I know somebody out there listening is probably gonna be like, "Well, if you sign Punk, he'll do it." Now Punk's too old for it. I need somebody that's gonna be young enough to well, maybe carry this. Hang,
1: maybe this Hank, maybe this Hangman Page guy. Um. I, see, th- I see a
0: bright future in Hangman Page. I really do. As far as being like their John Cena, I don't know. Um MJF could be a guy I think you could you can groom up to build as as your company guy, but that's a heel. You need a big baby right. face.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Maybe, I, I, maybe... I like that they're planning the scene. I'm I mean to cut you off. Like that, they're planting the seeds for a future MJF Cody Rhodes feud. Yeah. I think you might need to press the button on that sooner rather than later mm. because you need a big feud. You need a big issue to, for people to tune in every single week. And that goes back to what my original point was it has to be a surprise. So I want to see what happens. Like they're doing this Roman Reigns thing. You know, about two years ago, people were like, oh, I'm so tired of Reigns, right? Yeah. Everybody's cheering for him now, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody's into the storyline. And what's funny is, think about it. This is the same storyline in terms of the people involved with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. They're such good workers that you're booing Daniel Bryan now, and you're cheering Roman Reigns. Years ago, remember they had that match where whoever won that match got the spot at WrestleMania. Yeah, at Fastlane. Yes. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember how they booed Roman Reigns out the building because Daniel Bryan got eliminated at the Rumble? Oh, yeah. Now look at... It. I don't think any talent in AEW can do that. I'm sorry.
0: No. not uh, Not at this present time, no.
1: I gotta see more. But these guys are so used to just doing matches and doing quick promos to like I will tell a quick story and then we can move on from AEW. Um WCW came out here uh, I'm not going to say where but in Southern California to give away my location. <laughs> don't know who's don't know who's watching or listening. Yeah. But they 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 came out here and it was at a fairgrounds. This is back in the day. And they came out here for like maybe two or three years in a row. And I saw Macho Man against Ric Flair. Ooh. I saw um, Vader against I forgot who he faced. I don't know who thing. I don't know who he faced. Um, I saw um, the American Males against Harlem Heat. And
0: do they have Sherry? This with is them?
1: what I mean. Um, I would say no. Oh man, no. I just remember my mom. Like Booker T came out, and I would love to meet Booker T one day and tell him the story. He came out, and he was just talking so much crap to the crowd. <laughs> He's... Stared at my mom and gave her a look like he was going to kill her. (laughs) And she was frightened to death. She whispered to me like, does he know that this is not real? (laughs) So it was it was so it was so funny. Like she still remembers that to this day. To this day she remembers that. But yeah, but this is what I'm talking about in terms of promos, right? So this is the fairgrounds, it's a rural area, you know, and you know, Booker T cuts a promo talk about how he doesn't want to be in this uh, town, right? So then Marcus Bagwell it, picks up the microphone and says, well, we're going to just show these city slickers how we country boys do it. <laughs> and then everybody in the crowd, oh, just a major pop. That's what they're used to. They're used to doing a quick little cheap pop, cheap heat type thing and then cutting a promo for like a minute because, you know, at these indie events, they don't have the building for that long. So they're used to doing that. Like, no, you're going to have to do a promo to further a storyline and do a different promo every single week and not say the same thing. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. But moving on, I know you have more time.
0: Well, you know, we've talked about Roman Reigns for, for a little minute there. Um, Roman Reigns, um, in the news this week, WWE issued out the following on their website. The big dog is here to stay. Roman Reigns has signed a new multi-year contract with the WWE. Reigns is one of WWE's most decorated superstars, having held the WWE Universal Intercontinental United States and Tag Team Championships during his career. Earlier this year, Reigns won the first ever WWE Moment SB after his return to the ring from battling leukemia. So Roman Reigns, there's no, no shock there, man. Roman Reigns' new multi-year contract with the WWE. This dude is going to be, a he's, 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 he's John Cena, man. He's going to be a lifer with this company. He's like Shawn Michaels. It's going to be like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know why I said it with a Brooklyn accent there, but Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Austin. 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 Austin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Boston. (laughs) Who's going to give me a whole hell yeah and open up one of them Boston tea parties? Yeah. But yeah, Roman Reigns, man. And, and, and I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the match that Roman Reigns had this week with Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. And, and you talked about it briefly earlier. Uh, let's also talk about that too with, uh, with Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre. Those two matches, I think those were the two big matches on Raw and SmackDown
1: this week. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the first to... to... Comment on the multi-year agreement. Uh, Roman had gave an interview. Um, I don't know to what publication, but he said something very interesting. He said that my family only works for this company. I thought that was very interesting.
0: Tell, tell that, that to Tomatanga though.
1: <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. You know what he was saying in terms of his, like, close cousins or whatever, because he grew up with the Usos. But he just basically said that my family only works for this company. So um, I thought that was very interesting that he said that. Um, it's very smart to lock up, lock up Roman Reigns. Uh, he is definitely John Cena. Um, but the difference between Reigns and Cena is Reigns has no problem jobbing. He doesn't need to protect his spot. Do you think that at this point in his career, compared to, like, let's let's say we had a time lapse, you know, we came to a decision as to what point of this particular career that Roman Reigns is in right now compares to what particular point in John Cena's career that he was in. Do you think at this stage that... John Cena would at this point at this point in his career put Buddy Murphy over so he looked as good as he looked on SmackDown
0: um no I don't don't know let's think about that so Roman Mm -hmm. Reigns appeared on the scene on the main roster in November 2012 so that was seven years Mm -hmm. ago um, mm-hmm. It actually kind of makes it easy, because it's 2012, and then John Cena was 2002, so they both ended with two, so it's easier to do the math on this. So, seven years in. So, that would be uh, 2009 for John Cena. What was John Cena doing around 2009? He had, at WrestleMania that year, uh, it, he had the match with uh, Big Show and Edge, right?
1: Um, I don't Because when you're saying 2009, I thought that was the WrestleMania where he faced Shawn Michaels.
0: No, that was 2007. Okay. Yeah. It was supposed to be a rematch of Triple H and Cena and Triple H Tour's quad at New Year's Revolution. So, John right. Cena got popped in that match. They were tag team and they couldn't touch each other up until the go home. And that's when Shawn Michaels finally hit the super kick on him.
1: Which I thought was a brilliant thing. Yeah.
0: That was the WrestleMania that uh, John Cena drove that car through that plate glass window.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But um, well, even then, in like 2007, John Cena wasn't laying down for anybody. Uh, 2009, I can't remember. I don't think he was then either. He had just come back from the torn peck. No, wait. That was the year before that. Starting to get starting to get I'm a little confused now, but yeah, two thousand nine. I don't think John Cena was was doing many jobs for anybody.
1: Okay, so so the two thousand nine WrestleMania was actually the twenty fifth anniversary of WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, and, and he, it was a triple threat match. It was uh, Edge, Big Show, and John Cena for the World Heavyweight Championship because the main event. Well, I shouldn't say that because the main event was Shawn Undertaker. The the match that closed the show sure. that night was uh, Triple H and Randy Orton.
1: Well, I put it like this: um, John Cena went over
0: at WrestleMania there. He
1: yeah, he went over.
0: Let me uh, let me pull up the uh, let me pull up some of the some of the cards
1: here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What because what I'm looking for is, I mean, you see a match where you know John Cena, Edge, Big Show that's great, of course. John Cena's gonna win that, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking to see, okay, is there a situation where John Cena faced a young, up and coming talent and made them look great? Where you we had a you when you were in disbelief because. Starting in in 2009, he was a world champion, you know, because I always consider and a lot of people consider that, you know, that's the beginning of the quote unquote new season of wrestling when WrestleMania happened. Yeah. Supposed to be the end of the storylines. I don't really do that so much now anymore, but.
0: Well, all right. Beginning in 2009 at the Royal Rumble, John Cena was the world heavyweight champion and he defeated uh, JBL. And then the next pay-per-view was No Way Out in 2009. Uh, Let's see. John Cena was the champion in the Elimination Chamber. Oh, that was the one where they all eliminated him first, right? Edge, Ray, Jericho, and Mike Knox and Kane. Why was Mike Knox in that match? Jeez. Uh, Anyway, Edge won that one. But no big deal at that point because Edge has gotten victories over John Cena by then. So there was nothing shocking. So then we go to WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. and John Cena got the belt back. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next month at Backlash, uh, who did John Cena? John Cena took on Edge in a last-man-standing match, Edge won. So again, no big deal on that because we had seen it before. Uh, Mm -hmm. The next pay-per-view, John Cena defeated the Big Show at Judgment Day. Then we go to Extreme Rules, which is in June. So now we're at the halfway point. And uh, John Cena defeated The Big Show in a submission match. Uh, the Bash in July. John Cena defeated The Miz. So he okay. buried buried a new talent there.
1: Yeah, okay. So that's a good point right there. I mean, you keep reading, but that's a good point right there because The Miz, at that point in time was becoming The Miz. Yeah, he
0: was probably... A, a, that's the closest we'll get to a Buddy Murphy comparison.
1: Right, right. But yeah, keep reading. That's You're um, um, almost at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, so I'm at Night of Champions, which I believe was September. No, oh wow, July <laughs> that year. All right, so um, John Cena... Was in a WWE Championship match, Triple Threat. Randy Orton defeated John Cena and Triple H. So in 2009, by this point, Randy Orton is well established as a main event guy. He had won the Royal Rumble that year, so no big deal, no sweat off his balls to lose that match. SummerSlam, 2009. I I that I was there for that one. Uh, let's see, was John Cena even booked? John Cena lost to Randy Orton. So, same point that I made for the month before. Breaking point. This was September. John Cena defeated Randy Orton in an I Quit match. So, he pretty much won that feud. Hell in a Cell. Randy Orton. Maybe he didn't win the feud because Randy Orton defeated John Cena in a Hell in a Cell. Bragging rights. That's October, which I missed that pay-per-view. John Cena defeated, god dang, Randy Orton. In a Iron Man match. I like how they called it an anything goes Iron Man match. Uh, Survivor oh. Series, 2009. John Cena defeated Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And TLC, to cap off 2009, Sheamus defeated John Cena in the Tables match. So there you go. It took them all year to put a guy over. And that was, if I'm not mistaken, of a controversial finish,
1: by the way. I remember that actually. Okay, so because everybody it took, said
0: Cena fell through the table, he wasn't put through the table,
1: right? And I think ultimately he was made to look good in that feud. I think he ended up, I'm sure, getting the victory over Sheamus because I think that was okay. So we can argue that at the same point. Well, look at Roman Reigns' year. Can we can we look up his year for 2019?
0: For 2019, in terms of pay
1: per views. Yeah, in terms of pay-per-views? Because basically, Cena lost any match that would lead into another match. So he didn't really lose a lot of feuds, if any feud. It would always lead into a match to continue the storyline, him losing.
0: Okay, so for Roman Reigns... Mm-hmm. This is going to be a little interesting because he wasn't there for the rumble. I think it, uh-huh. they came back at the elimination chamber, didn't he? Which is February.
1: Um. Okay. I think.
0: No, wait. So okay. So yeah, he wasn't there for that. It was Fastlane. He came back. He was. Uh, it was the Shield. The Shield defeated Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre.
1: But he didn't wrestle that event, though. He did. He was he,
0: he was in that. It was Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns.
1: But there was one of these events. Maybe it wasn't that year, but remember they had the whole thing where it was uh, mono or something going around? And they had to change the pay-per-view event. And I think Roman Reigns was not able to... Participate, and they replaced him with Kurt Angle.
0: Oh yeah, that was—I uh, want to say it was two years ago, 2017. But uh, continuing on though, real quick with uh, with this mm-hmm. year, since since we're only up to August in 2019. But the final chapter, the Shield again defeated the same three guys: Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. And then at Money in the Bank, uh, Roman Reigns defeated Elias. Okay. Um, this one, I it takes a while to get through some of these because they on Wikipedia they, they include uh, the takeover events. Okay, so let's see. Did uh, Roman wasn't there for Super Showdown? Was, oh no, he was. Shane McMahon defeated him. Okay.
1: Stop right there. Um, was interesting about that is. Shane was being built up to what he is now. You know, you just came off of that match with the Miz and then he started feeling with Reigns and then Reigns basically kind of put him over. Yeah. Um, I can't looking at the history of John Cena, everything that the only person that he really put over to go on to do great things, I guess you can say arguably is Sheamus on a pay-per-view event. Yeah. Um, Orton, Edge, Big Show—all established guys. Shane McMahon. This was him being established as a heel. But keep reading, because I know. He, right. uh,
0: at Stomping Grounds, Roman defeated Drew McIntyre. So this is the third time that Roman Reigns has gotten a pay-per-view victory over Drew McIntyre in it in some kind of a match. So mm-hmm. I think now we're we're kind of getting somewhat of a theme with with one guy, that's Drew McIntyre that has been putting. Roman over. So now we're at Extreme yes. Rules and he was she, uh, Undertaker and Roman defeated Shane and Drew McIntyre. So again, McIntyre is Owen 4 against Roman Reigns this year. I uh, was oh. I don't think Roman was on Smackville or at least what wasn't <laughs> uh what wasn't broadcasted. Let me see. No, he wasn't even on that show. Uh, Then we get to... Okay, so SummerSlam. Roman was not at SummerSlam. Didn't have a match.
1: Now, do you think that John Cena, during that same run, would sit out a pay-per-view as big as SummerSlam? Oh, hell no. Not in 2009. Right, so I just... I guess the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, absolutely, Reigns is being built up to be this, this John Cena clone. Yeah. I just feel that the matches that he's having and the way that they're booking him, because we have to also remember, too, that Reigns um, started getting into singles matches here recently. hmm Within the last two or three months. To, because he was tagging with the shield for a while to kind of knock the ring rust off yeah so he's getting back into it so of course you have to build him up but he had no problem putting Shane McMahon over you had to put Shane over right you had to put him over do you think John Cena would put Shane McMahon over hell no 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 not at all
0: He would, Shane would bump for him like crazy Shane would make him look more like a million bucks than what John Cena already can make himself look like. But yeah, I don't think I don't think Shane would have ever gone over on John Cena with anything clean. It would have been like the would have been like eight eight guys coming out and putting the Undertaker in a casket. It would take that many guys to let Shane get over on Cena.
1: Right, and and Cena is just when you have a nickname of Super Cena, like. <laughs> Yeah. And then they, he had this—he had this storyline with The Rock, just some of the the best promo work against two good two wrestlers that I've that like. Just go back and look at that, guys. Some of the promos they had against each other in their feud. Um, he cut a promo last night before their first match at WrestleMania, and he said, "You know, and I know that I don't lose, and I cannot lose against you." And when he said that, I said, Wow. You can't say that with Roman Reigns character. Yeah. Roman Reigns remember when Braun Strowman basically killed this guy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I think they did something like that with um the big show choke slam Cena through like the stage light.
0: Oh yeah. It was a big
1: yeah, like yeah. spotlight. And then what did Cena do? Oh, no, we're not going to have you wait off a of Raw for at least one week. They had him show up that same week. Yeah. The next night. The next night he showed up. Yeah. Got to be kidding
0: me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to the whole, you know, when you asked uh, what, what John Cena sit out a pay-per-view. The only time I could think of that John Cena, quote-unquote, sat out a pay-per-view was WrestleMania last year. But it was definitely planned and well known that he was going to face the Undertaker somehow. But he—it's it, not really sitting. I mean, that's half sitting out. He didn't have a scheduled match,
1: but I he was there. This, I think, at this upcoming Mania, I would not be surprised if John Cena has a major program. I hope. Worked. I hope
0: they keep Bray away from him.
1: Uh, um, unless Cena wants to remember, well, I think that the WWE knows that. Oh my God, we have something that we haven't had here in a year and that's a good next topic. Yeah. Um. So Bray Wyatt debuted as the Fiend at Summerslam, and this has been something that has been an old school slow burn in terms of debuting somebody introducing their characters, running vignettes, you know, him popping in and out, not wrestling a match. And he debuted at SummerSlam. The last time I can think of a wrestler you know we know Bray Wyatt, but the last time I can think of a wrestler debuting a character and being, you know, all this hype behind them like this and it being something that means something is Fandango. Against Chris Jericho at WrestleMania.
0: Oh wow! I would have, I would have never guessed that that would be your, the words coming out of your mouth.
1: That's the last time I think, because look at how much hype and stuff that they put around this Fandango character, and they debuted him at Wrestle. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if there's another example. Where they're debuting somebody at one of their big pay-per-view events, and you haven't seen this character entrance or anything for this person.
0: Uh well, I was gonna say somebody, but when you said big event, it may be arguable because the person I want to bring up at the time every pay-per-view was a big event. I mean compared to now, you know, everybody now says, Oh, this is a filler pay-per-view. Uh, nobody said the words filler pay-per-view in the 90s, but I th- I thought you were going to go so far back and say Kane.
1: No, I was just, I, I. the reason I didn't say Kane is because even though that is a very good, great-ass example, the reason I didn't say Kane, though, is I'm looking at how they build Fandango mm-hmm. with the vignettes, Jericho calling him out, we're not really laying eyes on him until WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all, and that's his debut, right?
0: So yeah, but, that's
1: the only reason that's the only reason in terms of wrestling a match, because when Kane debuted, you know, he he came into the Hell in a Cell, you know, chokeslam, all that. Or oh, not chokeslam, Tombstone to the Undertaker. Yeah, but talk about this the first
0: But the, Kane's God. defense, just just real quick, is that we didn't even get a glimpse of what he even looked like. As opposed to we, we... We had an idea of fandango we knew what he looked like we knew what his personality was with Kane we, we had nothing the only thing we knew was your well, your brother's alive and that's it that is well, it
1: no well no diss to Kane at all nobody knew that Kane was going to be there at that that night oh yeah, with well, that too either yeah yeah so that was a I I, I marked that more of a surprise okay then than a debut even though he debuted, don't get me wrong, I'm talking about building somebody up to the point where there's anticipation and they're wrestling a match the first time you see them in the ring per se yeah in a physical capacity per se and I guess you can argue that the fiend jumped in and out
0: all right how about how about um emelina No, I'm joking
1: they missed a boat yeah,
0: oh yeah they did I can't wait then to they- see her an in t- in impact.
1: Yeah, they missed a bone on her and that gimmick.
0: Yeah. But no, I, I get what you're saying, and I totally agree with you. I really do.
1: So back to what my question was. Um, what are you, what is your thoughts when it comes to um, this entire situation with Bray Wyatt debuting? How did you like the look? Did you like the match? What is
0: your thoughts on the? I absolutely loved the entrance. I thought the music, the lighting, the the lantern, oh my God, that lantern man. Um, the the camera cuts, the angles that they had, uh, just even like you could like you could see his mouth through the mouth of the mask. And just like some of the gestures that he was making, the facials that he was making was making it spooky and scary and all that crap. When the lights came up and he was in the corner and they put that camera right on on Finn Balor's face and Finn had that look on his face like what the fuck did I just get myself into told the story and not one word had to have been said. And you got that story. I thought that was phenomenal. The, the build-up, like you said, the anticipation. My God, this is amazing. Now we see him in the ring. We see the gear that he's going to have. The bell rings. There was anticipation to hear the damn ding, ding, ding. There was anticipation just for that. The match itself, I thought it went a little bit long, but it's mm-hmm. that's just slight. That's nitpicking. It was well done overall. I just I I I loved it. I had a feeling that I hadn't had in a long time watching it. But like I said, just a little nitpicking, if it was just I don't know, like thirty seconds shorter if that, I think it would have been more effective, but it was still very effective. That's that's like that's like going like if you were in a classroom and you had a hundred percent and you got knocked off five percent, you still got an A plus. Right. That's that's my thoughts on it. And I'm I I don't know if that came across in our text debate or exchange that we had on Sunday when I was saying, you know, my thoughts on that.
1: Um I've looked at the match again and, and I actually agree with you. We haven't talked about this, but I actually agree with you. Yeah. Um looking back at it again, I think the way that they booked it was a little bit strange because basically he got all of his offense in and then right when you think the match is going to end and that's when Finn Balor started getting all his stuff in. Mm -hmm. So I think they could have booked it a little bit better. So he looked more dominant, but I understand why they didn't do it that way because they didn't want to bury Finn Balor because he just came out there and squashed him in like a few minutes. Then, I don't think that the reaction would be as positive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So, but I just think like when he was going for the sister Abigail, um, you know, after that, after he broke out of that, there was a lot of offense that Finn Balor had. So from that standpoint, I agree with you. I think it should have been a a different way of really, it could have been done differently. I'll put it like that. I think it could have been done uh, very differently um, in terms of just how the match was booked Um, because it just, I wanted more dominant if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Uh, I wanted more. Oh, I'm right with you on that. You know what I like too is I like that he's adopted the mandible
1: claw. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Like when he did it to Foley, I said, Oh wow. Is this going to be his move? And, Seeing moving forward that it is, it is his move, um, I thought that was very interesting, too. I think it matches his character completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he needs to set it up a little bit better. Um Pull out a sock puppet. It. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I think he needs to set it up a little bit better. But I think that as time progresses, because this is just the first iteration of seeing the theme. Yeah. Of course, things are going to be tightened up. His 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 entrance is going to get better. There's a lot of controversy, though. However, around the lantern, because uh, at first they had the full entrance up on WWE.com of the theme, and then they edited it where they did not show the lantern head at all. Oh wow! So that's still that's still asking, up on the network,
0: though, because I just watched it again last night, and it's uncensored on the network.
1: Yeah. So so people are asking like are you going to take that away or
0: what if that's all I part of the whole aura? It. What if that's part of the marketing for Bray Wyatt? They do that to get people talking and then people that haven't seen it, they're going to go to the clip and going to be like, Oh, wait a minute. I missed it. And they're going to be like, ah, I guess I have to go to the network.
1: Right? Because it's like, if I were them, I wouldn't have Bray Wyatt wrestling the night of, Oh, hell no. Um, he wouldn't, he wouldn't work that event. He would definitely work hell in a cell.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, Def- dude, I would love to see yeah. uh, Bray Wyatt, the fiend versus the demon Finn Balor at hell in a cell.
1: Yeah. That, uh, to, to, to quote Booker T when I listened to him on his, uh, this clip from his podcast, he said, Oh man, the demon against the fiend. There's money all over that. <laughs> there's money all over that match. he's absolutely right that yeah. is a big time match however however maybe that's not a big time match for now
0: yeah no I mean obviously you want to make it where Bray is very believable in what he's doing you want to get him to be an unbeatable kind of character to the point where when Finn has to bring the the, the, the demon out that it's not going to hurt Bray to have a competitive match. Right, because you need to to
1: start thinking of Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna say he just he has to blow through opponents at this point.
1: Right. And what I would do is like he he really they need to start thinking ahead and he really needs a big match for WrestleMania and he needs to win that. So I would because you know they were saying that Finn Balor wanted to take time off. So I would you know, have Bray Wyatt uh, just pop in and out sometimes as the fiend, and and have him do more uh, of his uh, uh, show, and um, that would be it. Until like Hell in the Cell, I'm gonna have him face somebody. Um, maybe you have him face Finn Balor again as Finn Balor, just one more time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Finn Balor, may, maybe the match doesn't end in a. A winner or a loser. You just have the fiend just completely destroy him, and then now he's out on the shelf. Yeah. And then now you have the build up for WrestleMania: the demon versus the fiend, and you have this be a a, a you know a match where there's no rules, uh huh, or, you- or Firefly Funhouse rules or something like that. You do something to make that thing feel special, and you gotta have Bray Wyatt win because. I don't. Has the demon ever lost?
0: I don't know. I'd ha, I would have to really go through and look. I d, I don't believe he has, and if he did, it was probably against somebody really big. Right, but so that's what I would. Going to what you're saying about the hell, and if they had a match on Hell in a Cell, and then that's when you have you know Finn take his time off. I think what would be great is if if the finish to that. Would be if if uh, if the fiend goes to grab the lantern to walk away, he grabs the lantern, stares at it, looks back at Finn Balor, grabs him by the hair, and looks like, "What am I going to take?" Puts the lantern down, and then walks away with Finn carrying him by his hair, like he's going to make a new lantern.
1: That would work if Finn
0: had a lot of hair. Yeah, I put extensions in that shit, like Trish.
1: <laughs> speaking of Trish and I know we weren't going to talk about so much so I just want to get your quick 30 seconds opinion yeah uh, did you like that match uh,
0: when I when, the first time I watched it on Sunday live um, I was indifferent about it I watched it again last night and I actually did like it I thought it was a a, a really good strong match between the two because um, I was able to actually like focus on watching it i i I turned the computer off i muted my phone i turned it on i closed my doors there was nothing distracting me at all i watched it and i i liked it a lot
1: i um wasn't that big of a i maybe have to watch it again but i think the reason why i wasn't that big of a fan of it is um there wasn't a lot of build-up to it. Um, I, oh, thought I, I agree was with gonna, you on that. I thought Trish was going to come out in her old-school gear, like, with the hat and the coat. The That's hat I and she was the gonna, coat? Remember, she used to come out in the, uh she had a hat and, like, a trench coat. She had, like, a cowboy hat.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that was and a she long like
1: a, time ago. And she had a trench coat. And it would always say something on the back of the coat. That's what I remember her for, in terms of when she had her best run. So I thought she came out like that. Okay. I thought she came. I thought she came out kind of uh, lackluster in her outfit.
0: Yeah, her gear was definitely a little weird. Um, I th- I think it would have came off a little better if like the you know like the colored sides that she had matched her skin tone a little more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I it was it was weird, but. Um, you know, it it was an okay match. I mean, it wasn't. Um. I think the worst match was Bailey and Ember Moon. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because you know I was on uh, uh, Duke Duke Love's wrestling podcast yesterday. We were talking about that. And we we both agreed that it was definitely the uh, the weakest match of the entire weekend.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't. I think it's time to get the, the belt off of Bailey, but. Yeah. But anyway, you guys have enough of SummerSlam. We have too. Moving on.
0: As are. Actually I I think we're all out of uh topics for this week, man. Um, mm-hmm. I mean we're we're coming up pushing on an hour and twenty minutes almost.
1: Um look at this guys. We give you guys the goods. We give you guys a Joey Diaz type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. type
0: you ever been over at your mother's house during Mother's Day and you're just standing at your mother's eye, asshole and you're mm-hmm. wondering if it smells like fruit roll ups and like. <laughs>
1: Go to you guys Yeah, you guys have to listen to it to get the context of it. But yeah. But yeah, like we've been, we've been, we gave you guys a show. But
0: all in all, I just would like. On the next show, yeah. I think we should talk in depth about the King of the Ring tournament. Because that kicks off yeah, this will coming... Yeah, that be very interesting. Yeah, that kicks off this Monday. Just real quick, though. The tournament kicks off this Monday on Raw and on SmackDown on Tuesday. Um, and the second round will take place uh, the week after the semifinals, the week after that, and the finals at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. But I think... I think next week, I think we should just dedicate a whole podcast to the entire opening round of the King of the Ring
1: tournament. I agree. I um, hope that they give it the respect that it deserves. Um, Because right now, I thought the whole King of the Ring was going to be the all, the entire three hours of Raw. That's what I thought originally.
0: Yeah, same but, here.
1: But, you know, they're dragging it out. You know, build up stuff. Okay, cool. That's great, but we still need to give it the respect that it deserves. Oh, I so agree. It'll be interesting. It'll yeah. be interesting.
0: So next week when we do the podcast on uh, the the King of the Ring tournament, um, let's uh, in addition to talking about the entire opening round, which they they announced the brackets. Just real quick, I'll just I'll read off the brackets, but we'll go into depth next week. The brackets for Raw is uh, Cesaro versus Samoa Joe, Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn, the Miz versus Eh. Baron Corbin, and then on the SmackDown Eh. side we got Kevin Owens versus Elias. We got oh, and I can't wait for this one. Ali Ali versus Buddy Murphy.
1: Okay. Chad Chad Gable
0: versus Shelton Benjamin. Interesting. And here's a match that I think hmm. is going to be the dark horse of this tournament, man. And it sucks that it's going hmm. to be an opening round match. Apollo Cruz versus Andrade.
1: I think the, for me, the dark horse would be Chad Gable against Shelton Benjamin. I think that's going to be a very good match. Both these guys have not been on TV. Um, they started doing something with Shelton Benjamin like a few weeks ago, and then they stopped. No. Just ask him questions backstage, and he'd be like, he wouldn't answer. Well, he did that so, again this week. Oh, he did. I didn't. I didn't see that part.
0: Yeah, they asked him a
1: question. What did they ask him? Uh,
0: I forgot what the question was, but he stood there, and all of a sudden he looked over to the side, and he goes, "What do you want?" And Chad Gable was standing there. And Chad said something to him, and Shelton goes, "Whatever, shorty," and then walked off. And then Chad Gable put his head down like he was disappointed.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be. Chad Gable can go, man. Oh, yeah. He can go. Shelton can go, too. So um, two guys that have not been on TV, if you give them enough time, you know, I think they'll give them – that would be a sleeper first-round match. But I like the – what brackets do you like better just on paper so far, Raw or SmackDown? SmackDown.
0: Without question, SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, Ali and Buddy Murphy can tear it down. Gable and Benjamin, I'm really looking forward to Apollo, Cruz, and Andrade. Kevin Owens and Elias, I mean, if... if, We didn't need them. Yeah, I mean, Shane's going to get involved somehow. Something's going to happen. I I hope this isn't going to be built for... Kevin Owens is going to defy the odds against Shane McMahon and go through the whole thing and win it. I think it would be too
1: predictable. I think they're they're just going to get him out quick. Like, he'll lose that match. He'll be pissed off and then whoever elias faces then he'll interrupt that match and cause elias, you know, the king of the ring tournament. Like I think that's what's going to happen. I don't Well, really, let's let's, know. let's save
0: that for next week. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. We will. yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and we'll also share our favorite King of the Ring moments. What do you think about that? Okay. Sounds good. Cool. All right. All right. Mac, uh before we head out, any uh any plugs, shout-outs, anything like that, bro?
1: Um not this week. Not this week. Next week possibly. This week, not this week.
0: <laughs> not even YouTube?
1: Uh yeah, you know what? Yeah, I don't ever promote my YouTube. Look for the Sean show uh on YouTube. Um I have been doing YouTube for a number of months. Thank you for reminding me to plug the been doing YouTube for a number of months. And I'm just building momentum up on it. So I would really appreciate you guys if you came and and subscribed to it. It's a lot of things on there. Uh, Most recently, we've been talking about sports. So if you're a big basketball fan, I've been talking about DeMarcus Cousins. is his career over after another ACL injury. And uh, posted today, fresh out of the kitchen, is Jay-Z a sellout? Mm. Rock Nation NFL deal. You'll hear my opinion on how I feel about this deal with Jay-Z in the NFL, especially when Jay-Z is supposed to be friends with the Mr. Colin Kaepernick. So check it out, type it in on Google, The Sean Show. You'll see a cartoon character of a handsome black guy that's supposed to be me. Click on it, join the party.
0: I'll make it a little easier for everybody, and I'll, I'll help you out with this. Uh, by the time this airs, go to mac.ringscoops.com mak.ringscoops.com dot That'll take you to to Max YouTube channel.
1: Drop a, little,
0: drop a little, drop a little knowledge and help out there for you.
1: Appreciate that, guys. Appreciate the that ring scoop guy for a uh, hookup.
0: Yeah. Uh, if everybody. I can can't, can't even speak anymore An hour and a half in I lose my voice uh, if anybody wants to follow ring scoops on uh, social media on Twitter Facebook instagram at ring scoops uh, youtube.com slash ring scoops twitch. TV slash ring scoops guy and of course pro wrestling com slash ring scoops for all your pro wrestling uh, all your ring scoops uh pro wrestling gear and all that good stuff we got some some cool t-shirts over there if anybody wants to help support the brand um I think we should make a, a I think we should make a a, a Macavall shirt put up over there man. I think we should uh we should talk to management about that. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean cuz you're 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 a a personality here on Ring Scoops. Been around since the inception of Ring Scoops just about you know. Am and, I? Yeah, and we've we've got the 20th anniversary of Ring Scoops coming up in February.
1: Twenty years man a lot of things a lot of things happened in february but that's a personal (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
0: another story for a different time
1: (laughs) yeah another another show in a different time but yeah a lot of things happened in february just leave it at that
0: yep all right ladies and gentlemen on behalf of mac i'm that ring scoops guy saying thank you good night and be cool